This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, welcome to the H Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Carmen Furrow. This is my husband, Lynn Furrow, the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission at Summit Life Ministries is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see our identity through God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective and empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. This week, we're starting a new little mini-series for the week, and it's called A Heart That Hears. I'm excited to hear where we're going, and I know you're really feeling this one. So let's go. Well, again, we're off into the new a new, new year, year of 2021, and it is a great uh, burden that I have for uh, not only myself and my family, but also the family of Jesus, that we are a people that learn to hear his voice with greater clarity, because the it, it has never been more needed, I know, in my own life. Um, but I also see the great tragedy of the church's neglect of really not knowing his voice. And uh, there are some things that I have observed as a leader where people think they know the voice of God or they will uh, make something of their own thoughts and put God's name to it, mm. their own opinions and their own um, perspective, and they have attributed it to God. And so I'm really carrying a burden, and some of this is gonna, material is going to be things that I know some people have heard me teach before, uh, but if it's worth repeating uh, because of the hour and the times in which we live, I feel like it can be of value. But I want to maybe start out in a in a different way uh, in launching about cultivating a hearing heart, developing a hearing heart. Because it is imperative that you learn. It is the an essential key of the spiritual life and for spiritual vitality and growth that you continue to stay in constant communion and connection with the heart of God and the thoughts of God and the voice of God. We should not be a people that are surprised or shocked when God speaks to us because God is a communicator. God is a prolific communicator. And he uses all means necessary to try to get his leadership and his instruction and his guidance to his people. And so uh, if there is a, a, a deficit that I see uh, in, in, you know, when you have communication, you have two people that are trying to communicate. One is speaking, the other one is listening. We don't have a problem with God saying, 
I, I've shared all that I'm going to share, and I'm done communicating. Now, really, the deficit on, on the two halves of the communication cycle is that the church has failed to develop a hungry heart that longs and desires to hear the voice of their God. And so I am carrying a very weighty thing in my heart uh, for myself, for my family, but also for the body of Christ that we challenge ourselves this year to hear. And Jesus used a phrase that is stated, one of the most often stated phrases that Jesus stated when he was talking uh, to his generation. And you go, well, why did he state it so much? Because he said, this people, have they have a dull heart. They have a disconnected heart. They have a hardened heart. Uh, and and he, he said, so with emphasis, he would, he would couch what he was going to communicate with this phrase, either before or after. And sometimes it was both ends of his conversations and messages with people. He would start it out by saying, whoever has an ear, let him hear. And then he would finish it with, who has a heart to hear? Who has a hearing heart? If you have a hearing heart, you're permitted to hear. So he was stating two things in that simple truth statement. Number one, God wants everyone to be permitted to know and to understand and to be acquainted with the voice of God and to have him speak truth to our lives. But it says that we permit, based upon our willingness to want to receive it, want to hear it, and, and allowing it to have entrance into our life to where then we grow in our understanding of how God communicates to us. So God is, a again, is a communicator. And I want to be one of those people that he goes, here is, here's one of my sons, and here's one of my friends, and I can talk to him at any time, and he listens to my voice. He longs to hear my voice. He craves to hear my voice. He has a gift of hunger and a thirst uh, because he knows that when I speak, one word from me can change his life forever. I want to have God put his, cast his gaze and put his gaze upon me. And he says uh, in his searching heart and his eyes that go to and fro over the whole earth, he says, can I find someone who has a heart of loyalty towards me? One of the greatest aspects of loyalty in friendship and in covenant and in relationship is people that are interested in what you have to say and they want to know what's in your heart. And it's amazing to watch. You can evaluate, Carmen, whether somebody... Uh, values who you are relationally and they want to know who you are by how they listen uh, or how they just, you can be talking in a completely 
ignoring you as if you're not even saying anything. Uh, it is a quick way to where you go, well, obviously, uh, they do not care uh, what's in my heart. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they don't value who I am as a person. Yeah, if we're willing to be distracted by other voices or other things, mm -hmm. then we're, it's really a value statement to who is speaking to us. Oh, yeah. I have said many, many times that one of the greatest sins that we can com commit as the body of Christ is the sin of familiarity, where we mm -hmm. take that which is holy and that which is sacred and that we treat it as if it's common. And when we, in our relationship with God, uh, God wants us to have a deep friendship where we can be free to be transparent and vulnerable to him where, you know, we're not trying to project an image of, because uh, he sees through us anyway. So I'm not talking about you being stoic or uh, there's a stiffness to your relationship because, or a formality because, you know, your respect for God has, has um, morphed it into something that is distant and disconnected because you don't think a being like God can talk to you. No, God wants, uh, you know, the transcendent God become very imminent in the incarnation mm -hmm. because he wanted to be close to us. That's why we call him Emmanuel, the God uh, that is with us. But also there is a thing where uh, we can become so casual that we become careless. And I have found that many people, they treat their relationship with God with a take it or leave it attitude. That when I need God, I'll just knock on his door and say, hey God, <laughs> I need you now. And uh, I know in various aspects of relationship that sometimes with my own kids, I know they love me and they value me. But sometimes the only time they show me that love and that value in a way in which I more greatly appreciate it is when they have a need and then they come knocking and saying, hey, dad, can you help me out with this? Or dad, uh, can you do this for me? Well, definitely a motivation of a father is you, you're a provider. You're, you're, you're someone that wants to counsel and guide and protect and help and aid and come alongside right. all those things fit the motivation of a true father mm -hmm. and and i love stepping in alongside uh, my children and helping them when they need help and sometimes i had them just take advantage of me from time to time but i just i just want them to know that i'm not an absentee father that I want to be with them and that I'm for them. And you see growth in children that as they grow and mature, they remember those times and then they start to add to it where you come around for relationship. And it's not just during those times, but sometimes it starts that way. Yes. And it grows from there. It's like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm starting to understand the value of, your words or your encouragement or your instruction 
then you kind of grow into, I just am enjoying being with you and, and having fellowship with you. So there's, there's a growth in that. There is a psalm uh, that is stated about Moses' relationship with God. And it said the children of Israel, and it's talking about the, the nation, and that represented many hundreds of thousands of people probably that came out of Egypt. It said they knew the acts of God, the works of God. But then it made the statement about Moses, and it said that Moses knew his ways. Another way of expressing that is that Moses knew his heart. He knew God's intent and motive and his thoughts and his heart for his people. So why he did the things he did. Because sometimes mm -hmm. if you don't know someone's heart and you don't know their motivation, mm -hmm. you can second guess why they did something the way they did it. And you can see that Israel constantly second guess the motives of God. I, I am struggling maintaining my emotional composure because of the weight of this on my heart. But there is a passage of scripture where God was going to bring the first generation who he had delivered with many and great signs and wonders and brought them out of Egypt. The Bible says with his mighty right arm. And it said that he carried them out as if they were on eagle's wings. Mm -hmm. And then he brought them up and the spies went in. And, and if you're familiar with the biblical story, you know it. Uh, there were two men that came back from that experience and they said, let us go up at once and possess the land. It is a good land. And the others began to fill in the blanks of other things that could be of difficulty to them in them being a people that could possess promises. And we know that the more they heard about the giants and the cities, the walled cities and, and the vastness of the land versus the numbers of people that could occupy it, they literally retranslated that testimony into saying, and this is what they said about God, is they said that God has brought us out here to destroy us and that our children will be bread, literally breakfast food for the giants. That, that this is the motive of God. God's delivered us. How, how do you? How do you go from a God that delivers you from uh, slavery, brings you, is the way maker and brings you through the Red Sea and then does many other sustaining miracles. And then the conclusion of that is that God, you set us up to fail. You set us up to destroy us so that we would be devoured by our enemies. That's a people that only know God on a superficial level. And, and you're left to guess on God's motive. We want to be a people that are friends of God. I, there was a controversy a couple of years ago. And there, there's the message of sonship and daughterhood and our identity. And, and so 
that was emphasized with such great degree in the church that many people began to, again, it's not both and. They had to say it was either or, that we should not even categorize ourselves as friends or as servants of God anymore, but only as sons and daughters. And I appreciated some of the spiritual leaders that just said, stop it, you know. Um, guess what? That other you, stuff's still in the you Bible. Can have, <laughs> you can have a relationship as a son and a daughter and and be a friend. Yeah. Matter of fact, who wants to have a family relationship with a father and not know your father as a friend? And then also... Even though your father, God is your father now, and you have a family relationship with him, mm -hmm. and he views you as friend, and it's very important that he views you as a friend, because Jesus said, because I disclosed my heart to you, I'm treating you as my friends. So I want him to say, Lynn is my friend. I can share the very mm -hmm. secrets of my heart with him because I can trust him. And so, but my father and my friend is also my king. Yes, he is. Therefore, I am his subject. I'm his servant. And my role that he has put me in, given me an authority and a responsibility in his kingdom, is to carry out his will. Not my will, but his will be done. And so I am a son, and that has brought more joy in my heart, the revelation of that, of knowing that, um, you know, God truly is my papa, my daddy. His my, name is written on Yes. And that he, he views me as his. And, you know, when we prayed before we started recording, you know, I just said, I thank you that you chose me that your person, he made a personal choice, that he calls me his own. And, and to confirm that unique relationship, he proved uh, his choice by redeeming me, saying that one I'm not gonna let go of. I will redeem him by blood. That one will not be lost to me. So, that it, that revelation of God as my Papa and my Abba has, has revolutionized my heart and transformed my heart to where I can know him and relate to him in a way that there's no greater depth. But also, I enjoy his friendship, his companionship, but also I enjoy serving him. Yeah. And I serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, and I come before my king with uh, my song that I want to sing to him because I want to declare the greatness of my king, the glory of my king. And because you're a son and a friend, you serve much better. You're a better servant of God because you're connected to him in these other ways also. Because you're a part of the family business. <laughs> I'm not just going out uh, doing a chore for somebody that I don't know. No, this is expanding the family's business, and it's a kingdom. <laughs> and uh, he has made me a part of that kingdom. And so I'm not doing work for him. 
that is not connected to my blessing and benefit. So for the next three episodes, I want to try to not only um, inspire you to have a heart that hears and that you position your heart before the Lord to go deeper in relationship with him so you become more acquainted with his voice. But also we want to talk about the how-to. How do I cultivate a heart that hears? So I want to, I want to inspire you to allow your heart to become a hearing heart. Every one of us should say, I long to hear your voice, God. I want to hear your voice. And to value and appreciate it. But then also, we're going to talk about practical, practical things of how to cultivate a hearing heart and a heart that, that uh, receives and then understands. Okay, love you guys. I'm excited to go into this again. And, and um, Len has taught on this before. And every time we revisit, it encourages me more because I know that I've circled back around to, Lord, I, 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 am I hearing you right? Or, or I've gone through more situations where I need to hear your direction or I need to hear your encouragement. And I continue to grow in this year by year and growing and knowing and growing and listening and hearing and having a heart that's changed. And I, and I feel like even the, the whole year you go through, like a 2020, it changes your perspective. And hopefully we've grown through that and hearing God even more and knowing how much we need to hear him so we can be encouraged in that. Thank you for joining us for the Age Changer Show. You can go to summitlifeministries.com for any other information you'd need or to hear more about our vision or mission and how you can partner with us. If you could please like this video and share it and it'll help get the word out to other people who have hungry hearts who are, are leaning into the grace of God like you are so that others can know and be encouraged as we walk this together. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments or comments that you'd like to make, you can leave there. And remember, you can like us, follow us. Um, what's the other word? Subscribe on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram um, for more information and all things in the life. God bless you and I love you. Love you. Thanks. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.